Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by John Bacon. So this morning we're welcoming uh, John to come up and speak. Um, welcome John, good to have you here. Now, I know that a lot of you watching, we've had a lot of people come and join uh, the YouTube broadcast during this period of time. Many of you probably have not had the opportunity yet to actually come to the summit uh, and have what we would call a more normal Sunday. This is your normal Sunday. Uh, so you might not know who John is. Recently, very recently, we had uh, Stacy speaking. Stacy is John's wife. And when I was talking about John was at home looking after Luke, here he is. Now, John, as I was saying, though, not many people, or no, that's not the right way around. There will be people watching that don't really know who you are. You're part of the staff here. Uh, and like me, yeah. we haven't actually stopped working. We've worked through lockdowns uh, this year. Uh, you're a part of uh, the Corona team, along with Stacy, the team that came together really to lead church as we went into this discovery of what does church look like during a worldwide pandemic, because uh, <laughs> it's different. Uh, John, just tell us a little bit about yourselves that would be something that people might not know. Not everybody, but... Sure. My name's John. I like to party. Um, <laughs> No, I, I work with the, I, I do all the social media stuff that we do, all the um, print things that we have up in the building, um, everything like that. Um, I lead a house church uh, with my wife. Um, we have a great time with our house church. Um, really great house church. I love it. <laughs> the best one I've, I've, I've uh, ever run. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the only one, okay, don't, get, yeah. don't panic. Unless um, you were in an earlier one and he's forgotten it, then, then I'd worry. I've been in other house churches, but I haven't run them. <laughs> So we won't, we won't go there. Um, um, yeah, I'm just uh, a part of this church. I think like a lot of people, um, we all lead in different areas. We're all called to, to lead in different areas. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see myself as like one of the, the leaders over anyone else, but rather I have my roles, just like everyone else in this body has their roles. Yeah, it's a, it's a servant leadership. We're there to, we're trying to enable us to be church. Mm. And by the grace of God... It works most of the time. <laughs> um, one last question then, John. What would you say for you, because it's different for different people, what's been one of the, unless you're going to talk about this, in which case you can just say, I'm going to talk about that. Sure. Um, what's been like one of the key challenges for you as you've been part of that um, corona team leading uh, us through everything since last March? Uh, the government. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but we honoured them. <laughs> but what I mean by that is, um, obviously, we get the rules the same time as everyone else gets the rules. Um, and so, obviously, people see in the news, oh, we're going into this tier, or we're coming into this kind of lockdown, or we're coming out of that kind of lockdown. And obviously, there's an expectation, okay, so what's the church doing? Mm, so yes. we need to act very quick in those situations. We need to find out what does the law actually say? What is the safest and best thing we can do? Um, so it's more of a case of... I'd agree with you, yes. How quick can we make those decisions and make sure we're making the right decisions? That's, that's the Absolutely, challenge. Absolutely, because we want to be operating within the law, but we want to make it as good as we can for everybody. And, and uh, our focus always is like this morning, is we want people to be walking in relationship with Jesus. That, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good one. It is challenging, the last-minute information, the changing information. And for me as well, the fact that the information... It, 
in, in social media and in the, in the newspapers is often not the same as the government information. Yeah. There's often differences, which then persuades, uh, sort of presents further challenges as well. Yeah, we, we've had people in our personal lives uh, come to us and say, oh, don't worry, we, we know the rules, we can do this. And Stacey especially reads, reads the legal stuff as soon as it comes out, and she, she studies it. And we say, sorry, no, you can't do that. Like, oh. You probably read that somewhere else, but no. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's the fact that it updates as well? Yeah. It, the self, the government information is often updated and not always in a way that you would notice either. Mm -hmm. So that can be a little bit tricky. Anyway, let's get off that discussion. Yeah. You probably don't want to hear about that anyway, do you now? So let's, uh, I'm going to hand over to John and, and let's hear the message that you're bringing from God today. Thank Absolutely. you for doing it, John. Thank you. Um, cool. Yeah, today I want to talk about um, John the Baptist, um, and so I want to thank again Annalise and Owen. Um, that was an incredible reading. Annalise, I loved your voice for John the Baptist. Um, when I'm reading the Bible, I like to put voices uh, in as well for, for the dialogue. When people are saying things, I like to put on a different voice, um, which I think, maybe you just think I'm weird, but I think it helps me kind of remember what's actually happening, because um, these are people that are speaking it when, when we're reading the Bible. It's not just a text. Um, and Owen, I loved your happy birthday song. Um, and uh, like Pastor Paul said, um, it is your birthday coming up this week, so happy birthday. Um, Heather, Luke, if you're watching, um, look after him this week. G give him a proper birthday if you can. Obviously, this year has been hard for everyone. But December birthdays are, are something else. Um, it's my birthday in two weeks' time, two days after Christmas. Um, and so I know. Uh, what it's like to have a December birthday, a, a birthday that's so close to Christmas. Um, as much as your parents want to give you the best birthday ever, um, as much as your, your friends or your partner or whoever wants to give you the best birthday ever, people are busy and people have already sorted out all their Christmas presents and now they have to get you a birthday present on top. It just doesn't happen. Um, so I've had many birthdays uh, in my life. Um, my 31st is coming up. Uh, where it's not, it's not lived up to other people's birthday parties. And I'm nearly 31 and I'm still talking about this, so you can tell it's affected me uh, quite deeply, um, despite being an adult now. Um, so yeah, Owen, happy birthday. Um, and uh, look after your friends who have December birthdays, or even early January. Um, make sure they feel special. And I think this year, I'm, this is my preach now, <laughs> this year, <laughs> everyone who's had a birthday since March knows what it's like to have a birthday where no one can come to your house because they're either, you know, for, for December people, it's because they're busy. They're, everyone's traveling on December 27th. They're coming home from visiting family for Christmas. Um, and you don't get as many presents because people just aren't there. Um, so now you know what it's like for us every year. Um, <laughs> getting some oars in the room. I don't know if the uh, mics will pick that up. <laughs> and one boo from Alex. Cheers. <laughs> so I want to talk about John the Baptist. Uh, I want to talk about his life, I want to talk about his message, and most importantly, I want to talk about his calling. Um, he had a calling on his life, and I want to get into that. Um, in the Hebrew, his name is originally pronounced Yohanan. Um, and I always thought, that obviously, there's a lot of um, biblical names like that, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, like, those are English names. Why do we have English names? Was it a case of, uh, we saw the, the Hebrew names, we saw Yohanan, and I thought, that sounds too difficult, I'm going to say John. Um, no, it's not that. Praise the Lord. Um, it, was, it was a case of translation. So the Hebrew name, Yohanan, was then translated into Greek, written down. And then someone who read that Greek translated it into Latin, written it down. Someone who read that Latin then wrote it into English. And each of those different languages have different alphabets. And so there's different ways of, of writing the same letters. But 
since certain alphabets don't have the same sounds. So your Hanan, they didn't have the H, so then you lose that, and then the, the Y and the J are basically the same letter in a lot of languages. Um, English is almost unique in the, in the sense that they're different. Um, so Yohanan becomes John. Um, but as, for as, as much as I can remember, I'm going to try and call him Yohanan as I talk today because I like it. <laughs> um, in our house church, we've been, taught, we've been uh, reading through the book of Luke um, over December. Um, so December 1st, we read the first chapter of Luke. Um, and then each week we come back and we say, wow, those last seven chapters, that was a lot. Um, and we try and go through it because Luke, the chapters are quite long. Um, but it's, it's giving us appreciation of Jesus' life and his ministry um, leading up to Christmas. There's 24 chapters in Luke, so it, it will come to an end on Christmas Eve, which is kind of cool. Um, and so we've been spending a lot of time looking at um, Luke, um, not just the Bible chapter. We've also been looking at Luke, my son, um, little baby. Um, he's very cute. Um, he's always in the Zooms when we're uh, bouncing and crying, and we have to mute ourselves sometimes. Um, but... Yeah, we spend a lot of time with Luke the, the, the Bible and Luke the baby. People act different around the baby. This is something I've noticed as a parent. Um, people, are, you're all weird. Um, I'll, I'll be leaving the summit or just I'll see someone in town. And I'll say, oh, hi and, and bye, see you later. And as I leave, people go to me, oh, say hello to Luke for me. So, He's a baby. He, he doesn't know what that means. Like, all right, I'll say hello to a baby for you, who he doesn't know, who will never, like, it doesn't work. And then the other crazy thing, and you're all guilty of this, every single person I've met is guilty of this, is people will come to me, they'll come to me and Stacey, and they'll say, oh, cute baby, oh, thank you. Um, how old is he? He's zero. He's a baby. And that's what I'll say. And then they'll look to Stacey, and Stacey will very kindly say, oh, he's 14 weeks. And they'll go, oh, 14 weeks, yes. Look out for the Wednesday. Wednesday is a really bad day on the 14 weeks week. And it's just like, he's a baby. We'll look after him, we'll show him nice shapes and colours and textures and, and talk to him and everything like that. But 14 weeks, 15 weeks, like, he's a baby. Um, yeah, you're all guilty. Um, you need to calm down. Um, so, Luke, the book of Luke. <laughs> Reading, so, the John's story is, is largely in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3, um, which is where I'll be reading from. Um, although I've kind of read around, so I'm going to be... Um, mentioning some other stuff as well that isn't mentioned in Luke. Um, but we get the most complete account of uh, John the Baptist, Yohanan, um, in Luke. <sighs> Levi's sending a message to the house church, give John a platform, and look what he does. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to read uh, straight from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. Um, the, it's, it's all about this prophecy that was given about uh, John the Baptist before he was born. So once in Zechariah's division, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son." And you're to call him John, Yohanan. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or, ferment, or other fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He'll, be, he'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. 
and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Um, hands up at home, anyone who's had a prophecy spoken about them before they were born that will define their whole life. I'm not seeing any hands, so I'm going to have to assume that that's none of you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, John obviously had a calling. Um, he, even before he was born, angels were visiting his father, who was not yet his father, saying, look, you're going to have this baby, and this is what he's going to do. He's not going to drink. He's going to live in the wilderness, um, and he's going to be this person that is spoke about in Isaiah, um, this, this voice in the wilderness preparing a nation for God. And he's not even born yet. And so we can assume that when he, when, when he grew up, he would have known these things. He would have been living with that calling, even as a child. We, we don't know that for a fact, but it kind of makes sense um, that that wouldn't be kept hidden from him. Um, and he, he, he lived his life knowing that that was his calling. And um, the text goes on, and we won't get into, we won't read it all out. Um, the text goes on, Zechariah's going like, what, how, how can I have a baby? I'm really old, my wife's really old. Um, you know, this isn't just going to happen, and the angel um, makes him silent until the baby um, is named and is, is born. Um, personally, I think making Zechariah silent until the baby's born probably helped with conception. Um, and later on, after Yohanan is, is um, in the womb, uh, not yet born, Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, comes to visit them. And um, if you know the Christmas story, you'll know, like, um, John leapt in the womb and, and Elizabeth brings out this prophecy um, because it says that um, he's, he's going to be filled with the Spirit even before he's born. And, and this was the Spirit inside him responding to Jesus. Um, and, you know, John would have to be told that later on. Did you know when you were just in the womb, you leapt at the presence of Jesus? You, you were filled with the Spirit um, and, and you, you responded to that. I mean, what a head spinner. Um, if, if, you're that, if you're that guy, if you're John, if you're, if you're living, up, living with this calling and you've been told, you, you've already like, been doing this, like this is you, this is who you are, it's who you're going to be. Um, he, he's already fulfilling his calling, he just doesn't even know it yet. And chapter 1 finishes, and the child grew, this is verse 80, the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. So we know that at some point, um, before the end of Jesus' ministry, Zechariah, his dad, uh, John's dad, was killed in a temple because Jesus, um, in one of, the, one of his um, messages, he, he's speaking to the Pharisees and he condemns them for the murder of Zechariah in the temple. Um, and uh, we don't hear any more about Elizabeth um, after uh, John's named. Um, but we know that Yohanan, John, lived in the wilderness. He, he grew up, he was strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly. Um, we know that he had a camel hair tunic um, and he ate bugs and honey. And we understand that these things are not normal. Um, it's not normal to have a camel hair tunic. Even back then, people knew how to make clothes. It's not normal to eat bugs and honey. Um, well, honey maybe. Um, but they, the Bible tells us these things because they're not normal. Um, we only learn the important things. We, we, we're, it doesn't give us the full biography of where John went to school and who his friends were. 
and what he did to, to like make a tent to stay in the night or anything. We, li- we just learned the important things. And so he, they, it, the Bible mentions that he ate locusts and had honey. And it mentions it because it's not normal. Um, chapter 3 picks up. So he's, he's been in the wilderness for we don't know how many years, but his ministry starts when he's 30 years old. Um, which we've got a, a very precise um, year here. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't line up with our year system. Um, so the best theologians and scholars can put it to like a two to four year period. Um, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of sins. And that was it. He was just, he was born, he grew up, he went into the wilderness for years and years and years and years. And then finally, the word of the Lord came to him and he started teaching people, you need to repent for the forgiveness of sins. You need to turn your life around and have, uh, have this baptism um, to to prepare yourself for when the Lord comes, or for when the Messiah comes. Um, and that's all his message was. It was a very simple message, just repeated many times, um, coming from a man out in the desert. You can imagine there'd be a couple um, sat in Jerusalem um, reading the newspaper, and, and one of them's reading it, and he's going, oh, do you want to go travel for a day to see the new prophet? The new prophet? We've not had a prophet in 400 years. Um, Oh, he's like, oh, well, he's a long way away. It would take probably a day to get there, maybe a day to come back. And all right, so what's his message? Well, his message is telling you off, uh, telling you for, you know, you've been sinful and you need to stop that and you need to change your life around. So it's a pretty strict message. It's like, oh, okay. Well, um, what else? Oh, well, then he dunks you in a river. Uh, oh, okay. Um, what happens then? Well, he, he doesn't do any miracles. No miracles. He calls himself a prophet. Yeah, and... Uh, Okay, well, what's he like? Well, he eats bugs and he looks unkempt. Um, it's, not, it's not a very attractive proposition. Um, he started his ministry in the wilderness. He didn't go into the city because that's not what his calling was. He didn't go to where he thought people would receive the message because that's not what his calling was. He didn't make his message sound nicer because that's not what his calling was. He was told, you're going to go into the wilderness. You're going to tell people to repent and be baptized. So that's what he did. He followed the calling and we know that the crowds and crowds and crowds came to him because God makes the calling work. Uh, the calling enables the success. It's not that we try to make the calling work. We don't, we don't hear a word from God and say, okay, well, how can I make that work? No, we listen to what God says and we put ourselves in the right situations. He knew they had to be in the wilderness. So he went to the wilderness and then he just waited in the wilderness until the word of God came to him. And it's the same for us. Um, we, the other thing we know is that he, he was told, uh, Zechariah was told, he was never to have any wine or any other fermented drink. Um, personally, I think the reason for that was he's an unkempt man living in the desert. Um, had he been known to have the occasional drink, he would have been written off as some guy who drinks a lot and lives in the desert, um, even if he'd only ever had it once. Um, I think that was, that was something that they put in there. Um, there's other reasons as well, but um, for me, that, that's a, a cool little explanation. Um, 
So uh, in Luke 3, 7, it says, um, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, he's really making friends here, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And don't say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children from Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So people were coming out and he was just basically yelling at them. Um, You're hypocrites. You need to um, sort your lives out. This actual passage, it says in a, in a different um, gospel account that that was actually spoken to the Pharisees in particular, not just everyone. Um, but Luke's made it a, a kind of more a, a politically correct account. It's just like, oh yeah, he said to some people um, that this is what you do. Um, but he wasn't making any friends with the religious leaders um, he wasn't making any friends with the people coming out to him. He was just telling them, no, you need to turn your life around um, because his calling was to prepare a nation for Jesus. His calling wasn't to make friends. His calling wasn't to be a popular speaker. Um, even though it seemed like all these people were coming to see him, everything he did was to point to someone else. Um, and people would come and they'd see him and he was, he was ab like camel hair, eating bugs, probably had bugs around his lips, and he's telling them off. But his calling was successful. Um, there were loads and loads of people um, coming to, to see and hear. Um, over the past week or so, when I've been looking at um, the life of John, I've been inspired by him. Um, Stacy, uh, bless her, she was looking at our Christmas tree, and she said, oh, the Christmas tree looks so nice. There's a few branches that we could just turn a little bit to make it look a little bit better. And I sat down, and I was like, John the Baptist wouldn't do that. He wouldn't care about that kind of thing. And uh, the other day she asked me to go grab a, a, an outfit for Luke. So I went upstairs to the wardrobe, grabbed some bits out, gave them to him. And she said, oh, that doesn't match. I was like, well, John the Baptist, uh, his clothes wouldn't have matched. So. Um, and then uh, just uh, two days ago, Stacey uh, came up to me and she was like, John, you stink. You need to go have a shower. And I was like, yeah, fair point. Um, and I went and had a shower. Uh, John the Baptist was by a river, obviously, to do baptizing. I think he probably washed. Um, moving on. Luke 3, verse 10. Um, so this is the crowd now. After, after he's telling all these Pharisees off, um, the crowd come up to him and say, what should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And everyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors, even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. And I find that really fascinating that these people were coming up to him and saying, all right, yeah, I heard your message. We need to repent. We need to be baptized. We need to change our life around. We need to stop sinning so we can be ready for God. I believe that. I'm up for that. What do I do? And he goes, all oh, right, well, you're extorting people, so stop doing that. It's like they didn't figure that out on their own. They, they were busy extorting people and thought, this is good. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm ready to repent. Like, what's, what's the problem? And he's like, well, you're extorting people. You're, you're um, collecting too much tax. You're falsely accusing people. Um, you're not content with your pay. Um, and isn't it true of us today that we're not aware of our own sins the way that other people might be aware of our sins? Um, there's the, the old parable about, um, that Jesus speaks about, um, take the plank out of your own eye before you address the speck of dust in someone else's eye. Um, 
And that's why we need accountability. That's why we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us uh, what's wrong in our lives. Uh, there's no point in us trying to figure it out ourselves because we are blind to our own weaknesses. We're blind to, to the things that, that we have done that are separating us from God. Um, we need God to show us that. Um, and it was the same then as it, as it is now. And the other really interesting thing I thought, there's, there's these three different things that people came with um, and, and Yohanan gives these answers about what they should do to repent from those, from those things. And two of them, I think, if they were to happen today, would be absolute scandals. The, the soldiers asking, what should we do? And he said, don't extort money, don't accuse people falsely. The soldiers, essentially, they're an occupying force, but they were keeping order in this, in this um, area. They're essentially the police. Um, and it seemed like, at the time, um, they would just, as a, as a point of business, extort money and accuse people falsely um, so that they could make a little bit more money on the side. Um, if that were to happen today, it would be an absolute scandal. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but when it's found out, it's front page news. Um, everyone would be like, oh my goodness, this police officer has done this and he's been bribing people and he's going to be put in jail and he's lost his job and that's it. Um, with the tax collectors, um, you know, they ask what they should do. Oh, don't collect any more that you're required to. Um, we don't really have a tax collector role in our society as someone who comes up and says, give me a tax anymore. But we do have people who tax evade, uh, which is the other side of the coin. Um, and when people find out about, oh, this, this company tax evaded or this individual um, didn't pay their tax, it's front, uh, it's front page news, it's, it's headlines, um, as we saw just a couple weeks ago. Um, it, it's, it's shocking to us how little some people pay tax or how some people have gamed the tax system. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute scandal. Um, but the other one was, what should we do? Oh, if you've got two shirts, you need to share it with someone who has none. And if you have food, you should share it. And is that a scandal today? If I were to walk past someone who doesn't have a shirt and I didn't give them my shirt, would that be front page news? Would it be absolutely shocking to society as a whole that we walked past someone and we didn't give them out of our own stuff that, that we have? And I'm really thankful for the work that we do as a church and the churches here in Scarborough. We, we, we support um, the Rainbow Center, which is a wonderful resource in Scarborough. Um, the work of the street angels, youth angels, community angels, um, is incredible and the other groups that we have that are reaching out to the community and other churches in our area and other churches around the world um, are, are almost leading the front in some ways um, in terms of, of helping people out but is it enough is it is it a scandal when we don't help um, I find that a, a really interesting thing that, that these three things are put in the Bible um, almost at like equal levels um, isn't it scandalous that you would extort someone isn't it scandalous that you would uh, take more tax? Isn't it scandalous that you wouldn't freely give up your things for someone who's in need? Um, I, I, I take that as a personal challenge. And it's something that we've, we've kind of been modeling in our house church sometimes, um, in that we'll, we'll have someone go, oh, does anyone have this? Can I, can I do this? Or um, just as often, someone will go, we've got this thing spared. Does anyone need this? Um, and that's something that we do kind of insularly, but um, I think we can always do more. Um, so I take it as a personal challenge uh, when we see those people in need, um, not to turn our backs, um, because it should be scandalous, I think. It should be scandalous that we're not freely sharing everything that we have to those who need it. Um, and that was um, Yohanan's message. He just addressed the sins of the people at the time. He says, you need to turn away from those because the Lord is coming. You need to be ready for the Messiah. Um, and he just obeyed that call. He didn't add any extra words to it. He didn't um, try to make it more palatable. Um, 
And he didn't try to make a name for himself either. He was just there, responding to the call, baptizing people as he was told. And uh, we read on in verse 15. And this is really, this is something that really stuck out to me. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. Do people wonder if you're the Messiah? Do people see you and see something absolutely different, something alien, something so far out from the society that they're used to that they think, they said, you might be the son of God, basically. That's what they're asking. Are you the Messiah? And he was just a guy who was in the desert eating bugs. Are we making that, that change? Are we responding to the call the way that John responded to the call so that people see the difference? And obviously, John's very quick to say, no, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just a guy in the desert who eats bugs. I'm the one, the voice in the wilderness crying. Um, that's, that's the prophecy that I've been given. Please don't mistake me for him. He is so much greater. It reads on, um, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other things he had done, Herod added, them, added, them to this, added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. So that's essentially the last we see of John. Um, before, um, he, he, he sees Jesus um, and he, he says, look, that's the guy. Like, I've been in the desert for years and years and years. Here he is. Stop following me. Follow him. All that stuff about repenting, all those baptisms you've had, this is what it's for. You're ready now. Here comes the Messiah. He, he was essentially Jesus' hype man. Um, he was, he was the, the, the act at the show that comes before the main act. Um, and, and the reason he was there was so that people would be ready for the Messiah. He was the voice in the wilderness. He started his ministry with no followers, no disciples. Um, and, and that's how it would have been for Jesus. Had, had he not been that person... Jesus would have been starting with a people who were just not ready for him. His prophecy, his calling was important to the ministry of Jesus so that people would be ready to receive him, ready to receive the Messiah and ready to hear that word. Um, and his message was so effective that people asked if he was the Messiah. He brought people so close to what it means to know their God that they started to wonder if he's the one that they need to know. And he wasn't. He was just basically the last of the Old Testament prophets. Some people would say, what's the Old Testament? I was like, I don't know, but we've got a new one coming. Um, and we, we learn later, once he was in prison, um, Herod has him killed. Um, but that period of life when he's in prison, we don't know anything about, basically. Um, but but he, he, was no, he was no fan of the sin of the time, and that got him into hot water with the people in power. And he was born with a calling. Uh, I'm coming up to the, the end now. And the calling took him out to the wilderness. He ate bugs and he shouted at people. But ultimately, responding to his calling, responding to the words that were given to him before he was born and responding to what his parents would have taught him, he prepared a nation for the coming of Jesus. This year, we're in a rubbish year. Um, I really appreciated, uh, Jossie, what you were saying 
uh, in the worship that are leading us to um, really kind of focus on, on God in this time um, because we need to be real about it. A lot that we were hoping for this year hasn't happened and a lot that we've hoped wouldn't happen has. Um, and we need to be real about it. When January 1st comes around, it's not like suddenly everything's going to be magically better just because it's a new year. Years are arbitrary in that way. Um, but we need to know that Jesus prophesied, in this world we will have trouble, but have heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And we have a calling. You might have been listening to this whole time and gone, oh, Yohanan, he had this calling. Before he was born, he was told these specific things. I don't have that. I don't have a calling. This, this message is, is bringing me into absolute panic because I don't have the calling that I think I should have. We all have a calling. We're called to know Jesus and to make him known. We need to respond to that calling. And you might have specific words over you. I know that I was called to be a good father. I was called to be a father and now I am a father. I have to respond to that calling to be a good father. Um, and there's, there's other callings like that. Not every calling is, this is the rest of your life until you die. But we need to listen to those. And when people prophesy words over us, we need to test them with the word. We need to test them with leadership. Um, but once we know, all right, that's what God's saying to me. It's not good enough just to say, great, I've got a prophecy. We need to respond to that. Yohanan went into the wilderness. He didn't wait for someone to say, now's the time to go to the wilderness. Um, he, he did the parts that he knew he was supposed to do until God essentially took over and said, right, here's the message, go out and do it. And then he did it. We have a calling. It's up for us to, to go and do it. Um, and this year, this might be your time in the wilderness. This might be the time because we've been stuck at home. We've, we've not been socializing with people the way we want to. Um, but in another way, we've had a lot of reach because of the internet, the way we've, we've communicated with people. We've actually reaching people that we might not have reached otherwise, um, and how we speak. Um, this could be your wilderness. This could be the place that God has brought you where your ministry or your calling or whatever you think that it might be, uh, might be starting um, or continuing um, or growing. The important thing is that we're listening to God we're testing the word and we're responding to it. Um, I hope you're inspired by Yohanan. Um, he wasn't one of the disciples. He was born. He lived just pointing to people to Jesus, turning people away from him in the end because he had brought, he'd got his own disciples. Um, and then he died. We're only told the important parts. Um, and that's the account that we have for his life. How do you want the account for your life to be written? If someone writes your biography, do you want it to be, oh, this person lived, he had a great job, uh, she was really popular, um, loads of people loved him, started this business, this business made loads of money, uh, people still talk about this business to this very day. Or do you want people to say, oh, that person pointed people to Jesus, and then they died. They spent their whole life pointing people to Jesus and look at the fruit. That's how I want my life to be written. So are you ready for your calling? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.